Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Yay, we're back. We're here. It seems like it's been six months since we've been here, but it was just... uh, well, Christmas, a little right before Christmas. So we've had a little bit of a holiday break and some tech issues, but we're back here. Yay. Um, how are you doing, Brian? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I was sitting there like, I guess I can say I'm doing good in spite of the fact that we're quite not out of the worst. Yes. But we're getting there. Yes. And it yeah. feels a little bit more hopeful with the vaccine and everything. Yeah. Well, the vaccine and... We have a new president <laughs> and, you know, just a bunch of stuff. So, it, yeah, it's there's light at the end of the tunnel. I, I'm, I'm looking really looking forward to spring, to spring when it's warm and sunny. And then down the road, when we can all can come out of our houses and go out and go to restaurants and party again. Boy, is that going to be great. Uh, I, I just feel like when I was doing the news this week, I felt a relief because a lot of these were good news for once. Yeah. Like the last couple of times we were doing the show, it's not that we were negative or anything. It just felt like there was always one bad thing. I mean, there's some sad news here with a couple of celebrity deaths later on. But in the case, it it just feels like we're going to celebrate them. And it feels like everything is, it feels like everything's a little bit better. Yes. A little bit better now. Absolutely. Hopefully hopefully we improve and I know it's not going to be a overnight thing. No. But, Slowly, it feels like things are going to get a little bit better. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, let's tell. I know it's been a little while, but we since we haven't been here since uh, after the inauguration, let's talk a little bit about the inauguration of Joe Biden, which I thought was terrific and some really impressive uh, performances. What 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 stood out for you? For me, I think I would say Amanda Gorman. Yes, her poem was phenomenal. Success that was. That's something that you're going to hear a lot of people talk about. And the fact that her career is going to be speculated a lot about. I think people yeah. will want to know what book is she going to write a book? Is, what mm-hmm. is she going to do next? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going to be invested because that poem to me felt like a I don't know how to say it, like the first the prologue to a new chapter of America. Yes, that's how I would put it, because it feels like that's the end of the old America from yes, 2006. A new day, a new leaf, a new chapter. Yes, absolutely. And, f- and for me, that's it, it was so symbolic. And especially like I think some people may not see this as a big deal, but I do. But to see like a young black woman mm-hmm. delivering it, mm-hmm. a young black woman who is enthusiastic about doing it. And the fact that even then it doesn't it, it, this might seem a little off because I do I agree that I'm much more enthusiastic about Joe Biden presidency than anything Mm -hmm. else but I want to make it clear that I like the fact that she never threw in worship for him that it was very much like this is my vision of America for all of us as a group it's not just one person handing us something Yeah. yeah and I love that because I feel like I feel like that's what distinguishes someone like Joe Biden from someone like Donald Trump who is very like community oriented like let's unify which is what the speech was which is mm-hmm. another great thing but we'll talk about that yeah. but and Amanda Gorman 
that to me stood out. And of course, yeah. the musical performances, but yeah. Amanda Gorman. And I had read that she uh, was a little bit young when she was young. She's actually 22, I think, when she was a little younger, had, she's overcome. She had some ish, uh, speech issues or some, you know, that kind of issue. And she's really worked hard to overcome that. And so that's even more, pro- and, but, but very poised. I mean, that's a pretty nerve wracking thing for somebody who's 22 to come out there and give a speech at a presidential inauguration. And I thought she did was just terrific yeah you know funny you bring that up because there was another young person who wasn't at the inauguration but at this the primetime special which would have been the presidential ball but Mm -hmm. i'm a little saddened that there's a good chance that you know they'll never i feel feel kind of bad for jill biden and joe that they'll never get to have that dance that dance yeah well you never know you never know next maybe they'll have a special thing sometime where they can dance you know yeah that's the only thing i miss but you know safety first and right i was gonna say like brayden uh brayton harrington th- this is a young boy that joe biden had connected with on the campaign trail i remember and, that yeah and he had a stutter, stuttering yeah and he did john f kennedy's speech in the primetime special when they got to his state i forgot which state it was so excuse mm-hmm. me <laughs> mm-hmm. shows you how much research i've yeah. done <laughs> i'm just kidding but um brayden harrington I was blown away because he had struggled so much during the DNC speech. And I mean, in this, in, in comparison, because mm-hmm. the DNC speech was great, but he talked a lot about how he struggled so much with his stutter. Yeah. And now seeing him give John F. Kennedy with no stutter, I was like, this actually mattered to him. And it shows yeah. you how, no matter what you think politically, and I know some people who are further left like me, we're always going to have some speculate skepticism about the president, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. I will always respect Joe Biden for the impact he made on that little boy's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that just seems to me like that that's who he is and that's who Jill is, his wife. And I think that is what largely a lot of what this country was looking for and why he won the election is we we wanted somebody who had empathy, who had a heart, who cared about other people and not just me, 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 me. I agree with that. And I think that the inauguration just felt like the sun was coming out Mm -hmm. it that's how it felt to me because like i was sitting there watching it and it just felt like a brand new morning Mm -hmm. i don't know there's something about it and and just seeing all the former presidents who and i gotta point out something michelle obama's appearance oh my god i was we just had to talk about fashion (laughs) she was flawless she just looked amazing I mean, it's just now Joe Biden looked great. Kamala looked great. Other people looked great. But boy, Michelle, when she walked out, I'll tell you what, just fabulous. Michelle Obama could have been a model or yeah. a movie star. She in her just own killed it, slayed it. I mean, everybody. I mean, and I know I, I could tell Barack was really, you know, look who I got on my arm. I mean, she was just phenomenal. Some of the fashion was great, but Michelle. Flawless, I thought. You know, it it says a lot about her fashion and her hair design when mm-hmm. wearing a big mask on your face doesn't. You hide still how look great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she still looks more beautiful than a lot of people there, and, yeah. And I will say that Michelle Obama's appearance to me, this might. I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but like in 2016, you can tell she wasn't really enthusiastic about it, and now in 2020, her hair is all done. It feels more like when you. It, it it's like feels like when you have to go to the doctor's office and you don't want to put on makeup as opposed to like going out now, for she's, a night. She's out of there now and now she's, she's written her book and he's got his book and now they can kind of relax a little bit and be now that you know we're the alumni if, if you will. Yeah so I think she's more relaxed and yeah just look fabulous. Uh, and uh, so let's talk about the um, 
performances. Of course, Lady Gaga, I thought, was just blew it away. I mean, it was Wonderful. just amazing. Now, I have to ask you a question about Jennifer Lopez. She looked great. I'm not a huge Jennifer Lopez fan because I knew somebody that worked in LA years and years ago and who had some dealings with her, and she's there is some, but she's not particularly that nice a person in person. I've heard that. Yeah. She's you know full of herself. I mean, is she a big star? Yes, of course. Is she a great dancer? Yes. She's an okay singer and she's a decent actress, but that she is a very high opinion of herself. So I'm not. now. I really wonder. And you notice each one of them had their own Lady Gaga had her own mic. Everybody had their own mic. I think she might have had pitch correction on her mic because I have never heard her sound so good. Ne- I've heard her sing before and she's never been that good. Ever, ever, ever. And I'm wondering if she had pitch correction on her mic. And if she did, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. No, A lot of singers do. A oh, lot yeah. of singers do. But I think she did. It could also just be those songs like... You know, these songs, um, This Land is Our Land and uh, the National Anthem and America the Beautiful, these are do- these are difficult songs yeah, to pull off. Absolutely. I've seen great singers who... Didn't quite do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's the structure of the songs. Because these songs, like, you know, they could... This, I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but they can come across really cheesy mm-hmm. if the wrong person sings it. So mm-hmm. for me, I get the impression that if she didn't have pitch correction, she might have just... Um, practice it i would like to speculate that that takes a lot and of that's practice possi- yeah. and that's possible i mean i don't know i, I have no inside information you're, you're right. i don't know but i'm just like because i've heard her live before and she never sounded that good and never I, I, that's what i thought too because lady gaga no one was surprised yeah like she it. she always sings like that she she belts it out she always does but you know jennifer was like that was okay a all right yeah that all certainly right. was a surprise and i would say that when she threw in the Spanish, I thought, okay, that's 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 great. It's inclusive. It's you want to include everybody, and I get that. And just feels like again, like another chap, another mm-hmm. part of that chapter, yes. that new prologue to America. Throw in some Spanish. To now show everybody's that included. Everybody's included now. Now, what did you think about? I I read some. There was some, um, you know, criticism of Garth Brooks of his attire. That people, yes, he's a country guy. That people felt that he wasn't. He had jeans on and cowboy boots. That he should have dressed up more for this occasion. And I guess afterward, he went over and hugged somebody. It was a, it was a Mike Pence. He went over and and somebody thought felt that that was too much physical uh, contact given yeah, the virus. Because he was uh, the thing about Garth Brooks is that like there is a lot you can talk about what he did there. But I will say that he hugged every single ex president, mm-hmm. every ex first why first lady Mm -hmm. and i think he did shake hands with um mike Mike pence Pence, you know and i do agree that maybe he should have been a little bit more thoughtful but now that no one got sick i guess you can say okay maybe yeah maybe his enthusiasm didn't get it he was in the moment he was in the moment yeah but i mean and and i'm not sure how i feel i thought he did a really nice job I thought With his amazing singing grace. was great, yeah. and to be honest, like I was surprised by how good he looked. I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, Garth Brooks, you got me noticing what's going on." <laughs> like, I, I was surprised yeah. by how, you know, how good he looked. So for me, like his appearance, I kind of liked the jean look because it felt authentic. I mean, that's him. That's that's who he is. That's who he is. So same with Lady Gaga's appearance. Like yeah, I've had she, people say that she looks like the Hunger Games villain, but she's always like that she's always avant-garde she always wears wild and crazy stuff you know so 
I'll give her that. I have to say one thing, and I one political thing, and I, I promise I'll we'll let it go. No more political stuff. <laughs> I just have to say this one thing. The fact that I just thought it was rude. The fact that apparently I've read this in a number of places. Right before the previous president and his wife left the White House, they fired or sent home the usher, whatever you want to call him. So there was no one to greet Biden. There was no one to open the door for oh. Biden and his wife. And that's why they stood out there with the doors closed. And I'm sorry. That is petty. That is. I'm sorry. That's, unf- that's really petty. And to yeah. me, that that just shows you that who, what type of person that is. Hello. You know, and I mean, def- despite the fact that they didn't do anything they were supposed to, they didn't have the tea, they didn't greet them, they didn't, none of that stuff. But to do that as you're heading out the door, really? And the fact is the usher is some, the usher, you don't have to be there. You know, that's the thing is that I get that. Let somebody be there, you know, to greet them. I mean, I just, I just thought. It's petty, but it's also kind of like you have to go out of your way to do that. It it just seems like the usher doesn't really have any real presidential or any. It's a symbolic thing. You know, welcome in. Here's your new home, Mr. President and First Lady. Welcome to this. And there's nobody there. But I guess it's also symbolic that joe biden still said still had a great time and he was smiled. fine and he was fine he had a great and speech not too long which was great and he's rolling he's just rolling with rutland roll off his back so is joe they're like well okay that's what it is it is what it is you know so but, good for them but funny enough because of this new presidency i guess our show changes because we won't have that much politics as john used to say is this the political corner yeah so now, okay so now we're all right so that was our one political moment for the for the for the day so all right, we're going to come back and talk some more entertainment news because there's a lot of it. All right, we'll oh, be back in just a moment on the Culture Corner. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. And we are back on The Culture Corner and a lot of entertainment news. So let's see. Um, LGBTQ representation on TV down, but queer racial diversity up, according to a new report. So talk about that. Okay, so GLAAD, now GLAAD and... They have actually, <clears throat> sorry about that, I don't know why I'm doing that, I gotta clear my throat for some reason, but I was gonna say that they always do this annual where we are on TV, basically where they talk about where are we, because mm-hmm. there was always a time period, starting with Will and Grace, where they started to really keep track of how many LGBT people Characters are, are there, or actors are on there, yeah, yeah. And for a while now, they've actually included race in the factor, but mm-hmm. let's first get into it. The fact is that there is a drop of more than 1% to, uh, compared to last year. So 2019 had about, they had 10.2% of television characters on television. So they mm-hmm. keep track about 
773 characters mm-hmm. so like i can't really say if they do streaming but they what they do is they keep track of these characters and see if any of them will come out of the closet mm-hmm. and this year 70 percent of them were lgbt okay. so 70 out of 773 which is nine percent and you know some people will say that's too much but i disagree i i don't think there's ever enough queer mm-hmm. characters on tv and but in 2019 90 of them so 20 additional lgbt characters were on tv in 2000 versus now versus in 2020 and why do you think that is and i i don't know like they i would say that according to the president of glad uh, sarah kate ellis she said that we're hoping this is just a blip and not the beginning of a tr- of a trend and i want to say that Maybe it could just be that maybe a few shows got canceled, like mm-hmm. Shit, uh, Schritz Creek. And I always mispronounce that show, and I always don't want to say it because it mm. makes me sound like I'm going to say a cuss word, yeah. but I don't want to. Um, it could just be the fact that maybe a few LGBT shows or shows about LGBT people got canceled. Like, One Day at a Time got canceled, so mm-hmm. they lost out on an LGBT character on that one. Okay, That's what I figured. I figured it's just a, a quit incidence. I don't want to say that... I would. I do not want to say that anything political was manifesting, mm-hmm. but I do think that to some extent, it could be. But I, I'm hoping that with the next couple of years that they start to kind of move back up a little bit. Well, you know what's interesting though is, if you look at commercials, and we've talked about this before, in commercials, you see, I see much more representation with uh, gay couples, interracial couples. You see that a lot in commercials now. And, you, and five, ten years ago, you never saw that. Like the Cadbury um, eggs. Mm-hmm. They actually have this commercial where they have a gay couple on there. And there's also a Jalay commercial last year where this trans kid was learning how to rape, mm-hmm. uh, shave his face. Okay. And yeah. it was wonderful. But it actually found out that, but there is some good news. And, you know, in the blip, like you said earlier, LGBT people of color have actually significantly gone up. Okay. So it turns out 53% of LGBT characters on TV are people of color. So more than That's half. Great. Yeah. It used to be the other way around where like mm-hmm. way more white gay characters were on TV. Mm-hmm. And but now it's more people of color you have asian gay characters you have black gay characters mm. i think it's probably because of pose pose probably gave them an edge because on that show they have almost no white characters mm-hmm. that shows all black and brown folks yeah so that's what i get the impression yeah. so on that so on that end it's an interesting takeaway that more lgbt people have color on tv than white lgbt mm-hmm. characters but overall the whole thing is gone down hmm. just more than a percentage It'll be interesting to see maybe a year from now you know what uh, yeah like you said i'm wondering if any of that i mean you think of hollywood as, as definitely a more liberal progressive area mindset but i'm wondering if any of that was a reflection of the previous administration who wanted to exclude everybody you know i don't know it, it, it's also strange to me because like a lot of tv shows with lgbt people so it seemed like there was more of them and so mm-hmm. for me it seemed like there was the l word last year the l word came back for an additional season in 2020 so it kind of shook me a little bit that really um they they went down mm-hmm. it just kind of surprised me that it went down when last year they had the l word come back and it seems like if the l word came back that's 
10 lesbian characters yeah automatically more to the platform but i feel like maybe it's just because maybe a few shows got canceled or they just didn't come back Mm -hmm. that's what i speculate like stranger things had a lesbian character in the third season and that was in 2019 Mm -hmm. but they didn't come back because of the pandemic in 2020 so i got the impression that because of delays Mm -hmm. it would just look like a yeah and that yeah that could be well you know again it's just i we talked about this before it was a that that one christmas ad um with was hallmark or whatever it was with the african-american the gay couple african-american gay couple where they come the guys come into the family for the first time and he's feeling really nervous and then at one point the father comes over and hands him a gift and says welcome to the family and it was a handmade ornament with you know sean and paul whatever that they put on the tree and i love that it made me cry that ad just because they, they included him and that, so um i'm hoping that that's continues to be a trend you know i hope so too i think that maybe this is just a blip like yeah. oh maybe a show got canceled but I'm happy to see that on commercials and television that representation matters, you know? That Absolutely. That matters and people want to see themselves. Yeah, and that's what the world, the world, it's what makes the, the world go round. We're all different and it's a melting pot and it's great. It's great. And some you know? people waited a real long time to even get a commercial. So yeah. let's make them happy. Yeah. You know? Let's keep everyone in the spotlight. All right, coming up in our next segment, we have Michael Shaw from Desart. We'll talk to him just a bit on the Culture Corner. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner. We're now joined by my buddy, Michael Shaw, who is the artistic director for Desart Performs. And I'm so uh, glad that he was still available for today. I know we've had a couple false starts. We had some tech issues, and this was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, but he's here. Hi, Michael. How are you? Hey, Bonnie. How are you? Good, good. So I know we've only got a couple, uh, I guess, tonight and Sunday uh, performances of uh, Vinny DePonto, Mental Amusements. But I got to see this, and it was absolutely phenomenal. I was really impressed. I wasn't quite sure 100% what to expect, and it was terrific. Right, right. So tell me tell me well, about how you guys you. Hooked, hooked up with him, how, how this all came to be. Well, actually, um, over the summer... Clark and I explored a lot of different online streaming events just because we're trying to figure out like what we can do for those art, you know, during the shutdown. And so we came across Vinny's show and we saw it, I think in like June or July and we thoroughly enjoyed it, had a ball Mm -hmm. and um, it was being presented by a theater back East. Um, Well, he finished that up, I guess in August, maybe late August. Um, And we had, we were on the path to do every brilliant thing. And um, so we were going into tech, uh, figure out the tech of, of how to do it online and every thing, which was our last show that we had to uh, postpone last spring. So we were ready to go with uh, every thing. And we were looking at different technical <clears throat> streaming platforms. And we contacted Vinny and his tech director to ask them how did they do, you know, what platform did they do their show on? Mm-hmm. So we kind of used them as a consultant uh, looking ahead with every thing. Well, something happened and we had to cancel 
everybody saying again mm. and because of any number of issues with equity and stuff it's just whatever so we panicked and i said oh crap what are we going to do what are we going to do yeah and then i thought you know what let me see if if vinny's ready if vinny's available and let's bring his show to our audience mm-hmm. and i called him and he said absolutely i'm totally free in january Excellent. So we, we hooked up and he was available and we ran two weeks and last weekend went so incredibly well that we just thought, let's extend it. Um, and we added two more performances this Friday and Sunday, tonight and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And audiences, you know what's been amazing is we're obviously targeting this for our audience. We're trying to fulfill a need um, and engagement with our audience in the Valley. Mm-hmm. But Bonnie, we've got, we've got, patrons coming in from the UK, from Brazil. We have somebody last weekend who came from Australia. Wow. And it's just kind of opened up a whole new world because, you know, you can do that with online. And um, we're having the ball. He's, a, he's a, just an absolute joy to work with as is his technical director. And um, people are eating it up, as you saw. I mean, it's just amazing, his ability. So tell, so, so people who haven't seen or don't, explain a little bit about how, how his show works. So what it is, it's an interactive virtual mind-reading show, and he's a magician and a mentalist. And so there are two tiers of tickets. There's the front row, which is the premier spot, and those are the eight seats that actually get to interact with him Kind of like a Zoom session, but it's actually a much more advanced platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just a little bit, you know, quite a bit more control than a Zoom session. Uh-huh. So those eight front row experience tickets allow them to interact with him, and he actually reads people's minds yeah. through the internet. And then the general seating, which is viewed on the stellar live streaming platform, actually sit kind of in the audience. And they watch it. They can watch it on their television. They can watch it on their computer screen. And it's just a different platform, but it's, there's no interaction with the uh, performer. But there is like a chat feature. So people can, you know, send emojis and chat with Vinny, you know, during the show and mm-hmm. kind of give him his feedback and say, hey, we're loving it. You know, good going and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So um, it's fun. And so general admission um, seats through the seller platform are $39. And then the front row, which we just have a couple left for this weekend, those are 54. And that's the front row, which gives you one of the eight seats each night to interact with uh, Vinny directly. And and the thing, a couple things stood out for me with the show, um, besides the fact that he's really incredible and that some of the mind reading stuff he does is just really blows you away. But he's very personable and very... Um, watchable and lo- and very charismatic um, and that, I think that's yeah. important too absolutely absolutely because we've seen a number of one person shows and they're engaging but <clears throat> these guys aren't necessarily performers mm-hmm. yeah. Jimmy is a performer yeah and incredibly charismatic and likable you just immediately yes. like this guy is really cool you know <clears throat> yes and, so and we've had a yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, just kind of low key. I mean, not. I mean, it. It's he doesn't come across as someone who's like overly impressed with his own mental skills. You know what I mean? Not at all. Not at all. He can be very self-effacing. I mean, he's. You know, he's. Um, he's actually a really kind of low key kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, thoroughly. Uh, uh, I mean, you can totally have a sit down, grab a conversation with him. 
Um, and we immediately hit it off and we talk almost every day and just kind of check in and, um, you know, he's just, he's so approachable and yet he has an incredibly extensive career. I mean, he's traveled the world and he's, you know, he's been off Broadway and he actually consults on Broadway shows and television and film on magic and, and sleight of hand stuff. So he's, he works all the time. Um, so I feel incredibly fortunate that he was available and, you know, wanted to work with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are no no regrets. This is something that kind of fell into our lap in terms of it just being available because um, we so wanted to do something, something. And, it's, mm-hmm. and this uh, has worked out really well for us. And he's gotten rare reviews in New York. And now does he do, is he uh, also an, just a regular actor, actor on the side, or is this his, this main gig is the mental? This is his main gig. Okay. He does, he does, uh, he has a couple of, he has a couple of shows that he, this was, Mental Amusements was developed for an online um, <clears throat> event, but it stemmed from his original stage production where he actually is in an audience and he brings audience members up to the stage mm-hmm. and he does things with them. So this is an adaptation and a reworking of an original show um, that he just thought, well, I can't do it on stage now. So what can I do? So yeah. he's developed this. So it works. I still, and I've seen it, what now 13, 14 times. Wow. There are things that I still blow my mind. Yeah. I'm like, How does he do it? How does he do it? You yeah. know, you know, so it's fun. And now, it's okay, fun. so you have, there are some tickets left. So it's tonight at 7 p.m., Sunday at 4 p.m., still some tickets left. And so they would go to www.desertperforms.org, or could they also mm-hmm. call 760-322-0179 also? Yes. Now, okay. I wanted to ask you, is when is, when is, this, uh, when is the show airing? Well, we're, we're on live now, but then it's going to repeat several times over the weekend. And I've got to, I will have to double check what days and times that is. Um, but I know it repeats over the weekend. Because if listeners, if you have listeners um, who are listening right now, um, I I encourage someone to go and call us. Mm-hmm. If you call within the next fifteen minutes, I'll give you fifteen dollars off the front row. I've All got right. one seat for tonight. I've got one seat available for tonight, and I've got just a couple for Sunday for front row. I'll knock fifteen dollars off in the next fifteen minutes if they call seven six zero three two two zero one. Seven nine um, box office will be open, and they'll take that uh, special request. Excellent, excellent. So let me ask you: uh, going forward, Michael, how do you f- f- foresee uh, next going into the fall? And what what kind? I know it's you know nobody really knows for sure what's going to happen when yeah. things are going to open up. But what what's your sort of game plan, if you will? Well, right now, and as you can imagine. Um, it changes <laughs> constantly. Um, you know, we were going to do, we had wanted to do an outdoor event in the spring, mm-hmm. in April and May. Um, and we just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, we're not there. We can see the rollout of the vaccination is just, you know, kind of plodding along and it's just things are taking longer than we, you know, we obviously all want to happen. Right. Um, so at this point, we are looking at uh, our new season starting in November and rolling it out very slowly, like starting with an outdoor event, mm-hmm. um, because it'll still be nice weather in November. Yeah, and then hopefully by the beginning of 2022, um, maybe moving indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
all the all the um all the research we're doing and Clark is really wonderful at looking at all the stats and all of these um uh you know surveys that are going around um people are still really hesitant to be in close quarters with a lot of other people right um and especially with this winter has been so horrendous around the country and the world um we don't anticipate really going inside probably until January of next year mm-hmm. yeah and I mean, that's, that's, that's where we're at. Um, now, the nice thing is I have some time before I can, you know, I would technically, you know, order or, or announce our season. So usually I announce the season in June. It still gives us some, some buffer here right now to see how things are rolling out. And things may turn around in the summer. But you, you don't know. By know. June, yeah. you know, we, by June, you know, this administration may step up and say, hey, we got 200 million vaccinations done. Right, you know, and that's that's very promising, and that's what we want because we want to have, you know, that herd immunity. So if we get to that point by the summer, um, then maybe we can go indoors. But mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're, we've kind of all gotten into the habit of, you know, not not being too optimistic in terms of, you know, we want to be hopeful and we are hopeful, but at the same time, there's a level of reality that we have to. We constantly are being reminded of exactly, and you have now for the if you do something outdoors in November, you have would it be outdoors in that cute little courtyard at the women's center? Is really nice back there. No, okay. no, yeah, it is nice. It's, but the thing is, it doesn't allow for a lot of spreading out. Okay, okay. So we're looking at two other venues uh, that are outdoors. Um, I can't mention where they are yet because we're okay. still trying to right. Find life. I hear you, but, but we would still be in Palm Springs. Okay, and um, it would allow us the room so we can still do distancing if people are going to feel more comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that we've been doing, and you know, it, it's uh, the city's been great, and as has Riverside County, we're stocking up on PPE. Good. I have I, I have so many wipes and so many hand hand sanitizing stations and yeah. so we'll be ready when we do get to that point to make sure that everybody's going to be protected and safe. Yeah. Um, so and, and and the Alliance of Desert Theaters has really pulled together to pull our resources together and help each other out in terms of you know how do we all prepare for this when we do go back. Right. Right. Well, so again, if uh, if you call right we're soon, the next 10, 15 minutes, call one uh, 760-322-0179. You can get a discount for tickets uh, tonight for Mental Amusements. Vinny DePonto, he's fabulous. It's really a fun show. It's really, uh, like I said on F- Facebook, it's kind of the perfect uh, COVID lockdown diversion. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Yeah, it's, thanks. It's, yeah, it was a it, great way to say that. Thank you. Yeah, it's really a fun show, so I would I would highly recommend it. Well, Michael, just like all the theaters in town, you know, we wish you the best. We're all hope, got our fingers crossed that this vaccination rollout picks up at the pace, and uh, yeah. as, you do great work as always, so thank you for uh, all the great entertainment you provide, provide the desert, and stay safe, and I can't wait till we have Me you on too. to talk about live shows again. It'll be great. I know, I know, and, and you stay safe. All right. Stay well. It's always nice to hear your voice. And thank you, Michael. Thank you for being flexible and, and coming back after we had to postpone several times. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All You're right. Welcome. My pleasure, my dear. Michael Shaw, Artistic Director of Desart. Fabulous. All right. We're going to be back with much more on the Culture Corner in just a moment.
You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we are back once again here on The Culture Corner. Well, sadly, in the last, I don't know, year or so, even last six months, I think, we've lost a lot of people, a lot of well-known people, um, which is sad. And very few of them, I don't think any of them... Well, maybe one, a couple from COVID, but some not. But one of the big people we lost recently was Larry King, oh, uh, who was, what was 87, I think, something like that. I think like he that. was about in his yeah. 80s, too. A- and uh, I don't know what he had. I mean, he had a couple health issues, I think. Well, I, think I know he smoked for years. I, don't, I think he had heart issues and stuff. Um, I don't think it was COVID, was it? Or, well, now he was in the hospital for COVID, though, I think. I think the... I think there's still some speculation about but, whether or not it was COVID yeah. because his wife said, I don't, uh, she said it's not COVID. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that it, it's the timing that kind of trips people up yeah. a little bit. You're yeah. kind of wondering, so did he have COVID yeah. or did he not? And according to this, that according to this, they said that she, he did recover from COVID. His mm-hmm. wife said this, mm-hmm. but that the infection led him to being able to being unable to recover from uh, sepsis, mm, which okay. ultimately took his life. Yeah, sepsis, that'll get you, yeah. Well, Larry King, I mean, what he had an amazing career, a really amazing amazing career. And, you know, the interesting thing about Larry King was, um, and I just saw this the other day, someone was, he, he didn't like to prepare. He didn't, if he had an author on, he didn't read the book. He didn't read, he didn't do much of it. He liked to just chat with people and ask them questions, just like somebody on the street and not, which, I mean, there's two schools of thought with that. I mean, I think a little preparation is probably smart, <laughs> but, um, but he, I mean, he was really, he was really kind of an everyman down to earth. I think that's what people like to go on the show is he, you know, was you not know, pretentious funny. at all. You know, it's funny you bring up the unprepared, but one of the most infamous incidents of him being unprepared for an interview was when he talked about the show Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld. I remember that. <laughs> and how you said, so you weren't canceled, right? You were, um, you let it go. And he, and Jerry Seinfeld with obvious irritation, yeah. it was yeah. like, I was number one. Yeah. I didn't get canceled. Did yeah. you think I got canceled? He's like, no, no, no. I. It's just this and that. And you yeah. can tell that. I remember ha- that. <laughs> Jerry was not happy, but too happy with that. Yeah. But I, I think he's definitely like the opposite of Oprah Winfrey and that Oprah Winfrey read the book yeah. and she Always. will bring people on with that. But I, I do agree with the with you that maybe a little prep wouldn't hurt but i actually think he's a master of being able to get people to talk Mm -hmm. and i think he actually wants the audience to see someone at their most authentic so even when he doesn't read the book he still wants you to like the person Mm -hmm. that's in front of you not the person not their not persona, their, their facade, or not whatever. Not pushing yeah. the book because in some cases, like Oprah Winfrey's uh, show, she had an author on who kept mentioning the book mm-hmm. several times. Every yeah. question, even if it was a question from the past, he would say, mm-hmm. "Well, in this mm-hmm. book, yeah, in my yeah. book, yeah." And I think that that leads to authentic, inauthentic conversations because yes. he's trying to sell. Mm-hmm. But with Larry King, he has people be themselves and even when he makes a mistake those people react authentically Mm -hmm. and he wants those moments and i think those are the most memorable moments because i think when i think of larry king i think of the seinfeld moment yeah (laughs) yeah and he also his personal life was a little rocky i think he had five six wives he had a lot of wives i think his last one was might his sixth or seventh i think he had several wives (laughs) and uh she was much younger i know he had younger kids um 
But, you know, he, I think most people tended to like him. I think he, I don't think he had a lot of enemies, you know, that I've ever read about. By the way, that was his seventh wife. Seventh wife. That's what I thought. Okay. I was going to say that um, I think that he is mostly remembered for being just a really approachable person. Like the mm-hmm. fact that he's very professional, but you can still talk to him very casually. Yeah. I think that's something that's very rare in, in a lot of interviewers. Yes. yes. You either Sometimes you have to come across either super approachable or super professional. And mm-hmm. I think that he found a good middle ground yeah. to be able to still come across like he was serious about the interview. Yeah. But he was having a good time with you too. Yeah. Yeah. And remember they just they showed it on the news a couple the, the other day when he passed that the television interview he did with Marlon Brando where they were singing and the Marlon Brando turned around and kissed him. <laughs> kissed him on the on the lips which was kind of really a memorable moment. Well, let's talk about Siegfried also. We lost him uh, as well. Siegfried of of Siegfried and Roy and his was COVID, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think it was COVID. Yeah. And he was uh, 81, I, I think, think something like around 81. Something like, like that. Um, uh, yeah, what like, why didn't and then and of course we he lost his partner. His partner right. was not not a year ago, not that long ago. No, I don't think was, we lost Siegfried and Roy in the same, same year. year. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because like they, you know, they're icons in their own right oh, with their own show, huge and career. Yeah, and their personal lives are also. You know, people speculated it was like the Rick, they were like the Ricky Martins of the Las Vegas scene where people wondered. Well, what's what going what on. I read and I don't know if this is true or not. I think that they met on a cruise ship because they were both doing one was doing the show and one was doing something else. And they got together. And what I read was they were partners at one point, but then became just more friends and business partners. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate or not. but I think that's that's exactly yeah. what happened. And yeah. just to correct, um, Siegfried died from pancreatic. It's Roy who Pancreatic died cancer, from, okay. From oh. um, COVID. Yeah. And they were always just like, they kind of did this thing where they're kind of the typical group of gay friends as a mm-hmm. stereotype is that they they're together and then they're mm-hmm. friends. Like mm-hmm. there's a stereotype. Like yeah. I, I'm friends with some of my male exes, you know? So yeah. it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But it, they are, I would say these two men have always been the highlight of Vegas for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen them? Not, not live. No, 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 no. I've seen no, them on television. No, I've never yeah. got to see them live. I'm just little television. snippets, bits and pieces. And it was, it was really sad the way the act ended the whole thing with the tiger and the, and the, you know, accident with Roy and that he the tiger grabbed him off the stage and some people said they was trying to save him and some people said he was attacking him and he was never quite the same after that um it was very sad yeah it's also one of those things where you develop a connection with an animal right and you lose that connection so uh, I can see how that's a bit of a disappointment but you know Siegfried and Larry King icons in their own way and one other death to report even though it's not necessarily like death that a lot of people are super theory about which is phil specter Phil Spector, yeah. producer who has produced some of the music producer who did a lot of good music like baby uh baby please come home christmas mm-hmm. um um be my baby yeah then he kissed me and a couple songs with the Beatles. great musical career but personal personal life was a mess and he was a weird guy and apparently oh, yes. uh, had yeah had some Played, problems but yeah. he gave al pacino one of his best roles i guess if in he there was a movie that Al Pacino played Phil Spector in. Oh really? I didn't I didn't see that one. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good performance. Yeah. It, you I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't want Phil Spector to have ever done the things he did. Yeah. You know, but he got, uh, Al Pacino got a good performance out of mm. that. But 
Phil Spector, you know, for all the problems, at least you can, at least we can say that we can credit him with the he, wall he, of sound. He left us some good music, yeah. Um, and, but yeah, what it's sad, sad end to that and life. And he highlighted a few women of color who have mm-hmm. since blossomed into their own successes without him. Mm-hmm. So if anything good comes out of that is some huh. women of color was amplified. He helped them raise their voice. <laughs> But okay. then it turns out they had their voice all along. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But sometimes you need somebody like that just to kind of open the door, you know, pave the way. So. All right. And we've got more celebrity deaths we'll talk about later. But um, OK. Coming back for a second hour of the Culture Corner in just a little bit. We'll be right back. <laughs> 